Shankly Kids. I heard a copy calling. Hello and welcome to the Cop Table Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Phillips. On tonight's show, we're going to be reviewing the Watford fixture yesterday and the Southampton fixture, and also previewing the game down at St. Mary's next weekend. On tonight's show, our co-host, once again, Peter Phil- uh, Peter Collis. How are you, Pete? I'm Sam, mate. How are you? I nearly called you myself, then. I know, yeah. Bigger to get. <laughs> okay, on tonight's show, our special guest this evening, representing LFC, is a man who tonight has entered the cop table building through the skylight, and he's kindly left myself and Pete a nice little box of chocolates with his calling card on the table. Tonight, we're on the show, we have none other than Patrick McBride, also known as the new milk tray man. Very warm welcome to the show, Pat. Hiya, hiya Pete, you're all right. Thanks for, the, thanks for having me on. <laughs> on the Southampton side of things tonight, we have Richard Brayton. Richard has uh, been on with us in the, on the cop table previously. Richard is a correspondent for the PL panel. You can follow him on Twitter. So, very warm welcome once again to the show, Richard. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay, on the first topic, we're going to get over to yourself, Patrick. After another fantastic display of attacking football against Watford and obviously going top of the league now, in your opinion, can Liverpool and Jürgen Klopp sustain this form? Until May, do you know what? I don't see why not. I think, um, I think like straight away, like Klopp has brought in this whole um, mentality of which I think Jordan Henderson said it yesterday, and it and it, it seems to be the the best way of doing things. It's just take each game at a time, and and you know, and and it seems to be working for us. You know, right? We had a little bit of a blip um, at sort of Burnley and that, but. You know what? I, I don't see why we can't sustain this. I think if we keep that mentality going and just, and at the minute it seems like everybody wants to play for everybody else. Do you know what I mean? And the team, it's infectious. So I think if we, uh, if we st- keep, t- keep to that game plan, I don't see why we can't sustain it till May. Yeah. Like you say, the, the team's working for each other, aren't they? It's, it, it's a joy to watch at times, especially the front four and even the two lads behind, Cannon Henderson supporting and even the wingers. It's just like, Speaking to people today, they're just amazed at the type of football we're playing and, and 17 shots on, on targets. And I'll PU was in the stadium yesterday, wasn't he? What, what was the yeah. feeling in, in there like yesterday? It, it's getting like in every game now where you, there'd be times when you come up against the Wofford side and you wouldn't feel confident or you'd think they could, they could get a draw today and stifle us. But you know, we're going to create chances. And even before Marnie scored, we should, we should have been 5 0 up. And there was times where you'd have thought, oh, it's going to be one of these days here where Wofford will nick it or we'll draw 0 0. And you're just, you're just confident, you know we're going to score, you know we're going to keep on creating chances. And you can see it with the fans. Last season there was times where the fans were a bit negative and if we'd miss a few chances, they'd get on players' backs. And I think you could see that rubbing off on the players. It, it, you could see it on the pitch. They they were feeling the negative atmosphere. And now the players are loving it, the fans are loving it, Klopp's loving it. It's great. It's a, it's a great place to be now, Anfield in the ground. and. I'm sure the players are loving it, aren't they? Yeah, like you say, Lucas had uh, had a couple of chances, didn't he, before we, we finally put the ball in the back of the net. But yeah, yeah. like you say, the, the players are feeding it. And it's it's an atmosphere of, like, even if Watford do go on the attack, you just know that Liverpool, like against Crystal Palace, they are going to go back up the other end of the pitch sooner or later and create another two or three chances within within the next five or ten minutes. And it, it, it's just um, it's just so good to watch. And it's, it's so good to be a, a Liverpool fan at the moment. Definitely, yeah. Um, people are getting all sorts of like frustrated over 
and I can see why. You know, when we're sort of like shipping goals, like, and I don't, I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the manner of shipping a goal. I think it's the way we're doing it. You know what I mean? It's, and it, because it, it seems to be silly goals. If it was somebody just pulled like a pearl out of nowhere, then you go, yeah, all right, that's, you know what? We're gonna the football that we're playing is exciting and it's gonna create, it's gonna create chances for or the odd chance for other the other the opposition. Definitely. But, but you know, I, I think at the minute, I'd, I'd take. I mean, okay, let's hope it doesn't come back and bite us if we, if we, you know, at the end of the season, if it comes down to that, where you know we've been shipping too many goals. But you know what, well, I'm the way we're playing at the minute. If you just said that to me, sort of a season or two ago or whatever, saying that we're getting back to everybody looking as though they want to play for Liverpool Football Club and everybody's putting a shift in. I would have just bit your hand off there and then, do you know what I mean? We seem to have got rid of the players that, rightly or wrongly, whether they didn't fit in or what, um, we seem to we seem to have got rid of some of the players that you knew you weren't going to get 100% out of if things weren't going their way or, you know, if and or relying on other players too much so they thought they could just hide a little bit. Like, like you said then, at the minute, it's just the team is playing really well. It's infectious. The crowd are loving it. And uh, to be a fan at the minute, it's just uh, it's a it's exciting times. It's you know it's, it's it's optimistic times, isn't it? It's great. I think another thing as well when we when we were talking about shipping goals, then we haven't really conceded the goal when we haven't been winning. Every time we can see goals swimming yeah. in the lead, and when I walked out the ground yesterday, and I was talking to my dad, and we both said when Liverpool conceded that goal, we had about six seven men forward because yeah. everyone was trying to get on the score sheet yesterday when we were five 0 up. Milner was bombing on, Klein was bombing on. At one stage, Matty was on the edge of the 18-yard box. I think, as you say, with the, the type of football we're playing, how attractive it is and how free-flowing and attacking, you're bound to concede chances. Teams yeah. are going to have going to create chances, but as long as it's when it's 4-5-0 or when we're 4-5-0 up and not when it's 0-0, then yeah. I'm happy with that. You don't mind, yeah? Yeah. Okay, excellent stuff, lads. Okay, over to uh, yourself, Richard. What did you make of Southampton's performance yesterday uh, against Hull City? Um, it was pretty poor overall, to be honest. Um, I think the first half we played played some nice football. We obviously went one 0 up pretty early on, um, and then we played some really nice passing stuff. I think we racked up about three hundred passes by half time. The problem is we were just we were just too comfortable. We played the game against Inter on Thursday, and it was all. It, uh, it was as if the team had thought, right, we're 1-0 up, we're comfortable, let's just knock it about, Hull aren't creating anything, and we'll be okay. And then uh, Snodgrass coming on for, was it Will Keane, um, the forward, actually changed the game because it gave Hull one more man in midfield, um, and Snodgrass, I mean, he created one and scored the other one. Um, their first goal was, I mean, we were all just ball-watching. Burton was in line with the back four while Snodgrass was unmarked in the penalty area and probably should have left his position and gone and marked him. And then the second one was just... I mean, it can happen from a free kick like that. Van Dijk possibly should have won the header, but we never should have been in that situation in the first place. There, there wasn't enough energy and not enough driving runs into the box, and not enough chances being taken in the first half. And David Marshall made a few good saves, but by the time we were kind of dominating and going at Hull's goal, they were already 2-1 up and just put 10 men behind the ball. So it was always going to be a struggle from then. So, yeah, naive really, but we have to pick ourselves up and we've got tough runner fixtures coming up, but... Yeah, we just got to bounce back and put this behind us. No, I was just going to say, yeah, just going on about Virgil van Dijk then. How good is he? Because we only see him the odd, the odd few games, but I know Liverpool have been uh, there's been a lot in the press of Liverpool being interested in him. Yeah, he's a he's a brilliant player. Um, he's really good on the ball. Um, 
does a lot of sort of driving runs forward and into when we needed a goal. He actually kind of stuck himself in a sort of number 10 position for a bit because he can hold yeah. the ball up, knock it off. And he's brilliant in the air as well. Um, the whole game was a kind of rare mistake from him getting beaten to the ball by uh, Michael Dawson. But yeah, in general, he's really solid. He's really grown into the team and he's, he's a big player for us. Luckily, we've got him tied down on a contract until 2022. So if anyone does come in to buy him, it's going to be for an absolutely huge fee. Um, considering what John Stones went for in the summer, I think we'd be asking similar, if not more, for him. Yeah, you'll get your annual uh, transfer budget off Liverpool, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just staying with um, the game yesterday, Rich. Do you, do you think that European game on Thursday played a part in in the result yesterday? Was there signs of tiredness there? A little, little bit uh, of a hangover? Uh, I don't think so because we've been rotating five or six players for each game, so. Um, quite a few of the players that came in were fit, um, hadn't played the whole game or um, some of them hadn't played any of the game um, against Inter. But I think it was just that, yeah, we're 1-0 up, this side aren't very good, so we can we can just easily sit on this and take the three points and head into the international break. And I think it's it's naive at this level. Um, there's No game is no game is won unless you're probably 3-0 up with 5-10 with to go. Um, so they should have stepped on it, tried to get the second and, and then done it from there. Excellent stuff. Cheers, Rich. Right then, Patrick, I've got a question for you. Um, moving on to January, could you see Liverpool dipping into the transfer markets with the players like Sadio Mane going to uh, the African Cup of Nations? I, th- I think I read something yesterday still that we're still sort of we're still sniffing around uh, fullbacks, aren't we? We're still sort of like I think yeah. there's I think there's some, something mentioned about um, the lad from Barcelona who was supposed to be covering for Danny Alves, uh, and he hasn't sort of he hasn't. I think we were sniffing around him in the. Summer. I can't. I can't think of his name. Yeah, that, yeah that Alex Vidal. Yeah. Vidal, sorry, yeah, Vidal, yeah. And, and I, so I, I think and I'm not sure whether we'll go sort of the attacking route. I don't think we'll go in, uh, but I think he'll stick to what he was trying to do with bringing another, you know, defensive wise. I think he'll try and bring another fullback in, whether it be Vidal or whether it be somebody else that they might have earmarked for, you know, to to come or what. I don't know. I think if if we do do that, it's going to be. It won't be like so. It won't be a four because at the minute, I mean, he's leaving Sturridge on the bench and that. But you know, Sturridge yesterday when he came on, you know, he could have had a couple of goals there himself. And you can see he was trying and stuff. So we've got, you know, as much as I love Mane, I think Mane has been absolutely, you know, astounding. By the way, since he since he's come, I think it's definitely one of the best buys of the uh, of the transfer market. But I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll go attacking wise. I think he'll he'll go sort of in his defence. He'll go to look at strengthening that a bit. Yeah, because I think uh, with Mane going, our, our from last foot forward line is quite flexible, isn't it? They can all yeah. interchange and swap positions. So you, even Coutinho could go over to the right, Firmino could, and then you could bring Sturridge or Origi in, couldn't you? So yeah, it's a nice for clubs to have. Yeah, I mean Origi for me is like you saw it sort of uh, in Europe, didn't you? Um, you know, last and like sort of some of the games towards last season when he um, I don't know what I don't know what's going on with him because it, it's a bit little bit whether he's not getting a, the chance again or what I don't know but it's a little bit from, but some of the games when he was playing and he was holding the ball up well and he was running at people and stuff like that I'd like to see him I mean at the minute you know like I said before I'm, our forward line is I, I, I wouldn't replace any one of them but Origi is you know when he when he when he's playing when he's playing well. Um, you know, he can fit in no problem. Yeah, I agree with you there. Really do. The Richard, just a quick one. Um, when we were talking about Europe, then with Origi, how good was it to see Southampton beat Inter Milan last week? Oh, it was incredible. I I managed to make the trip down for the game. Um, and it's one of the best atmospheres I've experienced at St Mary's. 
Um, it was a little bit tense in the first half when they went 1-0 up, but we had enough quality. The only thing that was really in our way was Handanovic, who had another really, really good game. But it's just really special to have those sort of nights at some areas. And um, we may or may not qualify for Europe um, this season, so we just need to take it as far as we can. Yeah, yeah staying, staying with yourself, um, Richard, I'd just like to ask you about the manager, Claude Puel, is it? Is that how you pronounce yeah. his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's spent a lot of time in France, hasn't he, with like Monaco and Lyon and Nice. What sort of impression has he made on you since he's took over at Southampton? I've been really impressed with him so far. Um, his sort of diamond formation was a bit controversial with some of the fans um, to start with, but when it works well, it actually reminds me a little bit of um, Liverpool when you had the sort of front three of Sterling, um, Sturridge and Suarez. They just switch around the whole time. You don't know whether you're playing against a diamond formation or 4-3-3 at times. They're all switching around. Um, the one weakness maybe, Charlie Austin is a natural goal scorer. So when he's switching around, he contributes to play, but he's not the most natural when he's out on the left wing. But I've also been impressed. Like Puel gets stuck in in training. He rotates the players. All the players know that they're valuable to him and going to get good game time. And they seem to have risen to the occasion and playing some pretty nice football. The only problem is you just need to start finishing some chances off. Yeah, well, I was looking earlier. You've had some really good results, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the position that you that you sort of in, I don't think it tells the full story. Like, as I was, no. I'm, and you, you have had some really good results, albeit some of them being draws. But I mean, you know, drawing with City and things like that. You, yeah. you you'd take stuff like that, wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It seems to be that we rise to the occasion against a lot of the big teams. Our problem yeah. seems to be taking it a bit lightly against some of the smaller teams, and that's been our yeah. problem for a few years now. Yeah. I think it's it's also interesting there on the point you make with Charlie Austin. He he's like an out and out number nine, isn't he? Centre forward gets in the box. It's a very similar situation situation with Daniel Sturridge at Liverpool when he he's a totally different player to when he's playing as that that number nine. And I think Austin's a player who likes to have people around him, isn't he? Just like Sturridge, and yeah. it doesn't really suit them to be to be that lone striker. So. Like you say, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out for Charlie Austin. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's getting the goals, but then a few of them this season have been penalties, a few when he has been in and around the box for the tap-ins. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether he can start contributing more. When he's on the left, he needs to be able to put a slightly better ball into his teammates. Um, but that'll that'll come. Um, I think, I don't know the name of the player, but Puel did it with someone at um, Nice last season who was normally kind of an out-and-out striker and got him sort of buying in and playing in the system. So, fingers crossed, Austin can do that as well. He's in the form, he's in the fitness of his life. He says he's never been fitter as a pro, so fingers crossed. Cheers, Rich. Okay, then back over to yourself, Pat. Yep. Just like to ask you, what did you make of the performance of Loris Carius yesterday, although he didn't have much to do in the first half? That little spell in the second half when Watford scored, and then he had quite a few chances after that, and he made one or two decent saves what, what was your opinion on him yeah do you know when he did it was quite a, like it was quite surprising that because I think one of the one of the pundits said that after the game I mean it's it's it'd be hard to keep your concentration when things are going your way but then all of a sudden there's like you know some of them shots some of the stop, the shots that he stopped yesterday they were really good saves so you can see he's a good shot stopper I think it's just but do you know what? I'm probably answering my own question here. It's like his first season in, in the Premier League. It's one of them. You know, he's got to get a bit stronger. He knows he's got to get a bit stronger, I think. Um, and he's, he's he didn't really know what to expect, I think. So when he has made a few mistakes, decision-wise, um, from, you know, set pieces and stuff like that, I think that is just naivety, isn't it? But yesterday, you know, some of the, some of the, the saves that he pulled off yesterday were, were really good saves. And in a game when... 
you know, he had to keep his concentration on it because he could have easily been caught out. Yeah, what did you make of him, Pete? To be honest, I thought yesterday, that second half, I thought he was brilliant. And I think, obviously, it's his best performance in a red shirt, but it'll do him the world of good, making three good saves and having a good steady game. And it'll be brilliant for his confidence because... I think even Crystal Palace second half, he played better seeing a few people slagging him off for that first goal. But for me, that first goal, it was down to Lovren's mistake. He wasn't going to expect that. Now, second half, he made a good save from Ben Teke and another one was just from Punch when he come on. And yesterday, I thought, I even thought uh, he had that one that one kick where he, but he put it right on Kapui's chest, didn't he? And virtually laid it off to him. But apart from that, I thought he had a good game. His distribution was better. He looked more confident. He even came out for a few crosses. And as Patrick said, then he made... He made three saves. I think the last one was off Dini. I can't remember in the ground where he came out and made himself big. And yeah, it just what snuck just... underneath his body that one. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. thought I, that was a great save. That the way he got himself out quick and big and saved another goal. But no, I just think yesterday's performance form will be massive. It'll be a massive confidence boost. Then he'll have walked off that pitch feeling good yesterday, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, yeah, excellent performance. And uh, like you say, hopefully there was his confidence, the world of good. Just a quick one, Pay. I've got a. Um, I've got a silly question here for Patrick off a ex red, ex Liverpool player, Nick Tanner. <laughs> He's asked you, Go what's on. your favourite what's your favourite chocolate bar? <laughs> and what's the worst chocolate in a box of milk tray? <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> chocolate bar, so we're talking away from milk tray, aren't we? Do you know what? I'm quite partial to a bit of a star bar or a walnut. I like a walnut, I do like a walnut. Um in the box. Unofficially, <laughs> the the apple crunch isn't the best. That's that's they, they put it in as like a bit of a, a sort of um, you know because it was a hundred years old last year, so they put it they put it in as a bit of a special edition thing. And for me, it it's yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> and that was unofficially, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till I speak to Obviously Nick Tan is a, a friend of ours Patrick, he, he does his own little show on the podcast as well So he likes to throw a little uh, spanner in the works at times Doesn't he Pete? So, um, <laughs> he, likes, he likes to ask a daft question Doesn't he to try and... <laughs> Yeah, but, but put it this way Yesterday he said Pete, lo- Pete loves a Toblerone But he never eats them <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you don't have to uh, think twice where that's all that always no. going, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the guy's a legend. And I'll Pat, do you see um, many changes being made for our, our starting lineup, barring any injuries against um, Southampton? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think to keep it as it keep it as it is. Everyone's been been playing well, so why why change it? You know, I don't. I, yeah, I don't see. I don't see the reason why. To maybe give storage, give storage a go. It's, it, if he's changing it, it's only. It is only just purely for sort of not because anybody hasn't been, you know, given it at all. It's, I think it's just just maybe to to give people a rest or whatever. But rest for what? Carry on playing. I'm a firm believer in if it's not broke, don't try and fix it. You know what I mean? Just keep playing. There's just one one slight issue that we've got against Southampton, uh, Pat, is that Coutinho and Firmino are both in the Brazil squad and they're playing actually on the, I think it's like 2.15 on the Thursday morning right, um, UK time. So obviously they're not going to get back till yeah. till Friday. And I know against, I think it was Chelsea, wasn't it, P, when Coutinho and Firmino went, went away with Brazil and I think Phil started on the bench, didn't he? It was, it was a rest that morning. Sorry. I'm trying to think what game it was now. Um, he started Coutinho against Chelsea. It was for me. For was on the bench, weren't he? Yeah, it was what one, one of them was on the bench. Yeah, yeah. But to be honest, I I, I agree there. I, I think you could see 
mate, he done it last year, didn't he? Southampton really played Sturridge and Origi together, and I think he could do that. Yeah, just to mix it up a little. Yeah, yeah. It goes. I mean, it goes back to what you're saying before. It's a nice. It's a nice option to have the fact that oh, we yeah. can we can do that. Do you know what I mean? The fact that you know, like we're talking now about players who you know full well can easily fit into that role and ju- and do it you know comfortably. Like you know, so it's you know, that's a so like we said just then. If it's a, if it's they're away, then yeah. I mean, it's a case of just rest them. Don't even risk it because we we want no disrespect to it, but we obviously want the three points, don't we? So it's like you know assuming that we may go down there and get something. That's what you've got to do. If you've got to rest them because you don't think they're going to be a full hundred percent, then do then do that. Also, it's a great option to have Coutinho and Firmino to come off the bench as well, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Say, say if the game's a bit stale or if we're drawn or one behind. Yeah. Southampton will worry about that. The option of them two coming off the bench will will play on the mind. So I think, as we said before, it's a nice option to have whoever's on the bench and comes off the bench. They'll cause problems. Even like you look at Wine Alden yesterday. Yeah. So have Wine Alden to come off the bench. He got his first goal and he was made up with that. And, well, I like the fact that like whenever you see Juan Alden, and even though he's on the bench and he's about to come on, he's just always smiling, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He just yeah. looks, he just looks happy, like he just looks happy to be there. And when he comes on, he's just happy. He's, he's good, you know. The quality from him is just, he just seems as if he's he's just that positive, and that's what you want, isn't it? You want someone who's just, you know, who wants to come on and wants to do well. Yeah, I agree with you. It's one of them you see on the Liverpool Twitter page, all the training photos, and every one of Wijnaldum is, he's smiling, isn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he just seems made up to be at Liverpool, and he's enjoying himself, and he gets on with everyone, so it's good. It, it, I think with Klopp, it, the team spirit's great now, isn't it? They all get yeah. on, they all bond, and I was going to ask you before, do you, do you think this side is better than the 13-14 side that finished second? I don't know if you agree with it, but... I think it is a better side because we're more of a team. That that yeah. thirteen fourteen side, we had the individual brilliance of Suarez, and then yeah. apart from that, the side we're a good side, yeah. But I think this side now we're a team. We we fight for each other, we play for each other, and as I said yesterday, when Sturridge come on, Sturridge is a great player. He's gifted. He's got the world at his feet. But Daniel Sturridge can be very greedy, and yeah, yeah. So the, he he come on with one thing: I need to get my first Premier League goal, and we kind of lost when Sturridge come on. Our movements up front are flew in passing our little one-twos. When you look at Mane, Coutinho and Firmino, they're all happy to for each other to score. They're all happy to lay, lay each other on. You can see that if, if Mane scores Firmino and Coutinho straight over, vice versa. Well, I was just going to say, Sturridge does seem to be one of the sort of, the people that are sort of trailing in at the back end, you know, when people are cheering. When yeah. People, do you know what I mean? So you, you don't know whether that is a little bit of something in him where he's just like, that should have been my goal or I, I would rather score. Do you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, we've seen it yesterday when Wijnaldum scored. It was Sturridge, you had the, you had the effort, wasn't it? That was palmed out by yes. Hansel. Yeah, it was. And when I watched match of the day back last, well, when I watched it last night, and you seen, he was he was the last person to go over to Wijnaldum. Yeah. And I thought a bit, I bet he's thinking to himself there, like, bastard, you, that should have been mine, that, and you've, yeah. you took it off me, but... Yeah. But we well, don't know. Uh, that's it. I mean, like we said about the whole team, the the team ethos, if you like, is is they're all having a go for each other, and you know, and like you said, we we don't know, but there's only stories that you would ever pinpoint and say if anyone's got. And I know sometimes some strikers need that little bit yeah. of that little bit of just selfishness and a little bit of sort of. Do you know what I mean? Especially when he was in a side, he was in a side when, like you mentioned before, with Suarez, who who basically, if Suarez didn't score. He would create more space for for storage to then yeah. be the option to score. Do you know what I mean? So, 
So for him to go from that to all of a sudden, hang on, I've got to pull me pull me socks up a little bit and do a bit more to to get the goal, is probably for somebody like that who just is a little bit selfish. It, I think it's a bit alien to him, isn't it? So, so he's, yeah. bound, he's bound to get his nose rubbed in it a little bit when other people are scoring, which is better for us and much better for the for the team itself. When yeah. other people, when it's distri- when the goals aren't relying on just one person or two people and it's distributed amongst the whole squad, that's that's got to be a good thing, hasn't it? Oh, of course, I completely agree. Just uh, um, Richard, sorry, we haven't asked you the question for a while now, so um, I'll get you involved, mate. Um, how's the new signing Buffal looked since he's coming to the side? He's still getting up to speed with with the league and the pace of play uh, in England. He's been out for six months, I think, with the knee injury, but he scored an absolutely incredible goal against Sunderland. Um, brought it down and. As he was controlling it, sold the defender the wrong way and then bent it in the top corner. So we've seen glimpses of his talent already. Um, he's always quick to sort of pick up the ball, turn and, and run at his men. It looks like he's going to cause a bit of panic in defenders and also quite often will look up and, and play the ball through. So it seems like he's, he's not, he's not too selfish. I know you guys were talking about your front three the other day and he seems in a, in a similar mold that he's just as happy to lay it off to a teammate as he is to go on his own. So that's really positive. Um, I'd say the thing he probably needs to cut out of his game. Um, similar as you see Oxley chamberlain and a few others at Arsenal, they try and dribble it out of everywhere, um, even in their own half. And losing the ball on the halfway line when you've only got two or three men behind you is not ideal. So I think he just needs to get smart to the league and realise um, when to play it safe and, and when to play his natural game. Yeah. Also, um, what do you make of these rumours of Barcelona potentially looking to sign Cedric Suarez? He's their type of player, I can understand that. Yeah, he's very good going forward. He's still adjusting defensively, but I suppose for their league, he's probably top class defensively. Yeah. Premier League, he's got a bit of work to do still. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd hate to lose him. He's integral to the to the way we play, and we've really missed him over the last few weeks. And he takes up some really good positions going forward on the wing and, and can whip a great ball in. So um, I just hope that if they do come in and are willing to pay kind of silly money for him, we've got a similar type of player lined up. So we need that kind of wing-back style player in order to complement the way we play this season. Yeah, cheers, Richard. Thank you. Okay, then, chaps, what we will do now is head over to our quiz part of the show. Five questions each. Five question shootout, as christened by our friend Michael Yare. So, Southampton are the home team in this fixture so we will ask the questions to Richard first and then Patrick you'll go second so first question for yourself Rich is who was Southampton's top goal scorer in the Premier League last season from Dusan Tadic Graziano Pella or Shane Long uh, I'd imagine Pella's got a couple more than Long. That would be correct. Yeah, he's actually got... He scored 11. Long was 10 and Tadic 7. Go on, Pete. Right then, Patrick, your first question. In the 15-16 season, who scored the most Premier League goals from Felipe Coutinho, Divock Origi and Roberto Firmino? Uh, um, Roberto Firmino. Good answer, mate. Yeah, Firmino ten, Origi five, Coutinho eight. Pressure was on. <laughs> yeah, good answer. There. Right, Richard. Second question for yourself. Fifteen, sixteen season once again. So, who made the most league appearances for Southampton? From Sadio Mane, Ryan Bertrand, or Stephen Davis? Is it? I've just got Davis. Yeah, it'll be Stephen Davis. Probably not Bertrand, he was out for a month at the beginning. Manny got dropped a few times for rocking up late. 
I'll go Stephen Davis. It was actually our man Sadio. Yeah, 37 appearances in total. Um, I think I think he still came off the bench when he was yeah. benched for being late. Interesting. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's been behaving himself since he's been at Liverpool. Um, yeah. I didn't know he he was uh, he was a little bit of a bad boy last year. Well, one of them was his fault, and one of them I think he blamed on Cumin. So we'll never know. How, how can you blame your manager for being late? <laughs> he said he changed he changed the time of the meeting and didn't tell him. Brilliant. Fantastic uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, he was thirty-seven. Dave was thirty-four, and Ryan Bertrand was was thirty-two. So that's just the one. Up to Alfred Rich. Right then, Patrick, your second question. Who played the most in the 15-16 season out of... Sorry, this is in the Premier League as well. Out of Adam Lallana, Christian Benteke and James Milner. I'm going to say James Milner. It's actually Adam Lallana. Lallana with 30, Benteke 29, Milner 28. Yeah, it was a tough one, that, because Milner... You would expect Milner, because he's quite... uh, Ever present, yes. Yeah. How did Benteke play 29 times in the league? Like? <laughs> About 26 of them are probably like the last five minutes. So, okay. <laughs> even even Benteke asked that question, I think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, then. So we're on to our, our third question, are we, guys? Okay, then. Rich, from which club did Southampton sign Dusan Tadic? FC20. Good answer, mate. Yeah. Very good answer. FC20 back in 2014, he um, signed Tadic. Okay, go on, Pete. Right then, Pat. Which team did Liverpool sign Alberto Moreno from? Uh, it was Seville, wasn't it? Yep, good answer, Seville. Neck and neck, that's, uh, that's two apiece, isn't it? Fourth question for you, Rich. Which international team does Southampton fullback Cedric Suarez represent? Portugal. Portugal's the correct answer. That's three, two. Go on, Pete. Right then, Patrick. Which inter- international side does Divock Origi represent? Belgium. Good answer. Three, three. Like uh, every week, this happens, doesn't it, Pete? One more each, and it's it's down to the tiebreaker. It must have been, I'd say, ninety percent of the Cop Table podcast this year have gone to a tiebreak, <laughs> and we've never got one ready. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, we was on the ball before we uh, we spoke about it, didn't we? So yeah, he's he's on the ball with that one. Fifth question for you, Rich. For Southampton, who received the most red cards last season in all competitions from Sadio Mane, Jose Fonte, or Victor Wanyama? Victor Wanyama was banned for about a third of the season last year. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd be correct. You got uh, three red cards. Mane <laughs> got one, and Fonte got one. Go on, Pete. Right then, Patrick. Final penalty shootout question for you, Pat. You need this one to stay in the game. No pressure then. (laughs) (laughs) Last season, who received the most red cards from Jordan Henderson, Daniel Sturridge and James Milner? Um, I'm going to say Henderson. Going with Henderson? Yep. That is the wrong answer, sorry. Uh, It's Milner. (laughs) It was James Milner, yeah. Was it Milner? Yeah, he got sent off against Palace. I was going to say, there's only got to be like, it, it'd only have to be one or two for whoever was or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was the season yeah. before Henderson got a red card, didn't he, against um, yeah. oh, sorry, me, Paul, got City? No, was it? Was it? Yeah. I don't know. He got sent off. He's been sent off for Anfield as well. Um, yeah, sorry, against City. Yeah, with the season we finished second, he walked, didn't he? We had a good uh, tiebreaker as well, didn't we? Pay at the weekend. Zlatan Ibrahimovic can't even say his name. Scored the twenty-five thousand Premier League goal, but who scored the twenty thousand Premier League goal? I've not seen much of it, but P tells me that it's been over all over Sky all news today, <laughs> Sky Sports and what have you. There. I don't. I haven't seen it. Um, no, I haven't seen it myself. Do you want to know? Go on. Yeah, Mark Albrighton. Right. <laughs> 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 it's a villa. He scored the twenty thousand Premier League goal. And go on, who scored the very first Premier League goal? Nah, I see that. Oh. Oh, someone told me this the other day, but I can't remember. What is that? Do you know what? I think I might know it. Is it Brian Dean? Correct, it's Brian, Brian Dean. Dean. Yes, get in there. <laughs> you scored. Yeah, this is only because this is how bad my life is. I've just been watching Sky Sports News all day. Right, you scored the 5,000th Premier League goal. 5,000? He's a scouser as well. Right, OK. Did he play for Liverpool or Everton? No. Joe, I don't think so. Joe, what? He's a bit... I was only a, a kid when he scored the 5,000th goal, so... OK. Well, yeah. What, are you allowed to give the season? Are you allowed to give the year? Do you know it? I'll have a look now. Well, One he's a scouser. Didn't play for Liverpool or Everton. He, yeah. Yeah, let me have a look. If he did... I know he, no, he played... He, sorry, he played for Everton. Right. Played for Everton 89 to 91. Unsworth? Nope. Uh, 89 to 91. Started his career off at Crewe. Finished in 2001 at Blackpool. Started his career as a manager. Dave Watson? No. Started his career at Crewe and played for Everton. Mm. His longest stint was when he was at Blackburn, 91 to 96. Uh, Mike uh, Newell. Mike Newell. Newell. Right, okay, yeah. Okay, um, (laughs) well done, Pete, with your um, quiz extraordinaires there right what we're going to do now lads before we end the show we're going to play a couple of songs from um, a guy called Mark Kenny who's going to be appearing at the LFC European Legends shows at uh, Liverpool Plymouth Worcester and Bristol we've actually been out with uh, with Mark haven't we P in the past and uh, he's a really good lad and This song that I'm going to play for you tonight is called What's It Like in Liverpool by Mark Kenny. I wish I were there, you know I wish you were here. It's not yet been a month, I know, but it feels a year. I could write a letter, I'd probably do that too For now I'll write a song and I'll sing it just for you What's it like in Liverpool? Although I'm half the world away, you know That I'll be coming home to you Can you raise a smile? Can you make it all worthwhile without you? I don't know what I would do But I'll be soon 
When you go to sleep, close your eyes and dream a dream. There's nowhere that the mind can't reach. There's nothing that the eye can't see. Liverpool will soon be there. We will dance without a care. With that, I know we must go. The city waits for you. What's it like in Liverpool? Although I'm half the world away, you know that I'll be coming home to you. Can you raise a smile? Can you make it all worthwhile without you? I don't know what I would do, but I'll be home soon. That was What's It Like in Liverpool by Mark Kenny. Thanks very much, Richard Brayton, and thanks very much, Patrick, our milk, new milk trayman, for coming on the show tonight. Very, uh, very good show tonight, lads. Thanks a lot. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Yeah, you're very welcome. So that's the cop table preview of the Southampton fixture. All done. Thanks for listening. Good night. to sing of the glory round the fields of Andrew.